Welcome to What's Cooking in Hell's Kitchen, the officially unofficial podcast for Daredevil on Netflix. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 6, titled Regrets Only. What did you think of this episode? Biggest plot hole in Daredevil so far. What? How, what is it? A bunch of uh, Yakuza driving around Italian sport bikes. <laughs> what the fuck? Or not Yakuza? I, it's hard to know. It's hard to know, because so, what I know of Yakuza, they have a lot of tattoos. I don't see any tattoos, and this guy at the end is like, whoa, what, what makes you think I'm Yakuza? Well, here's the thing, because you, you, you said that, and it blew my mind, and then I had lunch, and I, start, I started thinking about it. Uh-huh. You're right, the Yakuza with the tattoos and all that stuff, but another Yakuza tradition is losing your pinky when you disappoint your boss. <laughs> Great. Okay. okay. So, and, and the two henchmen so... that had disappointed their boss was wrapping... Like things around their finger, which I interpreted meant they were preparing to lose it so they wouldn't just gush blood everywhere. Right. I don't know the particulars about how Yakuza cut their pinkies off and all that stuff. I'm just saying that's part of the the thing that they do. But, but then, then they that got guy shot just had in the him head, shot. so right. I'm wondering if he's actually hijacked a Yakuza for his own organization's okay. larger. Because the other I thing. Like that. But when, but that when, would when imply I fly, that the Cusa are actually riding Italian sports yes, bikes, yes, which is the or giant. Italian muscle bikes, like the monsters. It's like a, whatever you call it. You call a street fighter, not really a sport bike. But no, no. Here's but but that's the thing. Like also, I took it when I first watched it. I took him saying, "What makes you think I'm Yakuza?" Being like, "Why does my you know, kind of like um, I don't know being." Leaning tough on the finance guy because it's it's kind right. of like if someone says oh, I'm fine with the mob and the mafia Don's like who says anything about <laughs> being a mob? Hey, hey, what are you talking bring, about? Who's huh? bringing a mafia into it? Uh, you know, I, I I thought it was that, but you I can't dismiss your argument because when I think about it, it the way he said it is, and especially and after he tattoos, just kills like, the guy, what the hell, man. After he just kills the two guys, which is also supposed I think supposed to be shocking. There might be more yeah. to this than. I don't know. I think this is going to end up being the hand. You know, they talked about that in the trailers. Which is like a like an like a, is that like an old ninja organization? Maybe that might be cynically like a, using the yakuza, right? Or or kind of way part of the yakuza, like a like a yeah. kind of meta group of the yakuza. Kind of the way in the Rocketeer, the Nazis were using the mafia as like unknowingly as their kind of henchmen in America. Okay, so I didn't the, know about the, that, but that's interesting. Have you ever seen the Rocketeer? Uh, I have, but holy shit, it was a long time a ago. Damn fine! I movie. was real young. I just recently, like within the last year, watched it, and it it, it really holds up. Pretty good okay. movie. Plus, it's got like the Jennifer Connelly in in her prime. Oh, jeez. All right. Uh, so yeah, I, but I like a lot about this episode. Seriously, I yes, really good. I wanted to get around to my serious opinion. I thought this was a really great episode of a Daredevil, yeah. and it didn't have a bunch of flashy stunts. It was more like Splinter Cell slash James Bond infiltration. But I thought it was yeah. great, and uh, Did, didn't have any scenes that really just felt wrong. Right, right. And I also thought, starting to find that I like Elektra more as a character. I still think she's trouble and all that. Oh yeah, but she's such oh, yeah. a smartass and a brat. And <laughs> okay, uh, it, it is such a command of her own situation that it's hard not to like her. Yeah, I still don't like her. Okay, I, I don't like her because I know she's no good for Matt. I'm not saying that he should throw Karen overboard because the Karen's like my first, second, and third choice, but uh, she's certainly charming. 
Yeah. In, in a very particular Be honest, of... you just want to sleep with her. No, like every really... like every man she's ever met, apparently. That, yeah, that's... I, I, <laughs> I, yeah, just for the story, I would. But right. uh, I gotta say about... the dress. The dress fits her well. And then, looking good in the dress. It's already slipped to eye-raising levels, and then when she gets it <laughs> combat ready, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, also some uh, some stuff for the ladies. Matt uh, had, had yet another excuse to take a shirt off in this episode. Right. And Electra's kind of eyeing him while he's doing it. Why I'm not? sure Matt noticed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do we want to get right into the episode or no? Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, so I guess yeah. My, <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought we were already in it. I, that's right. So I forget. I forget. We're not doing like the scene by scene stuff. Um, not so much. I, the, uh, one one minor criticism in the early going of this movie, where the quote unquote yakuza, uh, fokuza, whatever you want to call them, uh, show up at the apartment. Daredevil does not usually engage in the trope of the enemy circling the good guys and coming at them one by one. Right. But for some reason they did here, and was well, that they made the... it obvious that that is what they are doing? Not like yeah, not like why are these guys standing waving nunchucks in the background? <laughs> yeah, no, they it's were... like they're sitting there watching the fight. And I thought, oh, maybe these last two guys hanging back are going to be like ultimate badasses, but they yeah. just mooks. Like the one guy had a little, you know, wimpy chain. He like, like you assemble in your office job with out of state like. <laughs> Out of paper clips. It's a paperclip chain chain he comes at him with. I was going to go with like the kind of chain you get off like a playground swing set or a backyard swing set, but Uh yeah. Like I've seen a chain just two episodes ago. That's a serious freaking chain. This is a. This is a chain that would would maybe be good enough to attach your wallet to your belt. (laughs) Uh, These guys were lightweights and they were just. Did they just totally underestimate Electra and Daredevil? I guess so, yeah. I, I don't know that that didn't do it for me. But every I got nothing but really kind words for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Um. They also. So did you buy the explanation of Electra just knowing Matt is operating Hell's Kitchen as Daredevil because uh, she just knows him that well. She knows the ass. She can pick the ass out of a lineup. Uh that's uh, that's a real good question. I don't. I didn't think about it. I I actually didn't even pick up on that. What I what I got out of that scene was. Uh, you know, the reason that she, she set this whole thing in motion in the first place. Uh, so I, I missed the, hey, how'd you find me sort of angle. Mm. No, the, I, I felt like that's like if you, she knew Matt the way she did, then if you hear this guy going around Hell's Kitchen and you see any kind of picture of him, you're probably going to make that assumption. Yeah, could be. Uh, that's not too much of a stretch. Also, I really like how she's slowly intriguing Matt with the mystery of what's going on here she promises him like look you've got the skills i've got the info we'll take these down guys down hard and fast mm-hmm. um and he's like okay just this one time but then that party leads to oh what's you know we've got this organization that's putting human trafficking and weapon shipments and drugs playing on their ledger but there's this encoded thing that's happening in my city Right, and if He's, you're going to list drugs and trafficking, why not? Do, do, how much of this? How much of this do you think Elector knew and is slowly kind of roping Matt in? And how much of it is she just as surprised as anybody? It's a real good question because, like, one thing that I I did notice in, after the fight scene is, uh, you know, I speculated last episode maybe she's trying to get someone to she she's trying to set someone up mm-hmm. um, to to get the yakuza after them, but no, apparently she just wanted to see who would show up if she fucked with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out to be the Yakuza. So 
that tells me that she didn't really have a good handle on what was going on here, right? She knew they were up to no good, but she didn't know who was up to no good, and she didn't know what no good they were up to. Still doesn't. Honestly. Yeah, I, I, that's that's what I feel like, too. She yeah. fully expected this to be maybe a one and done, and then it didn't turn out to be that way. I do really like her and Matt's interaction here at the diner. Like, you know, when she's yep. like got the ultimatums of no sex and you got to give me that pie and his reaction back when oh, he's like, oh, so my, good. Oh, my God. I the t- pair on you. <laughs> and just the way he I really think he's shutting it down here. Right. There's no I didn't feel the hint of like, oh, maybe this Matt secretly does want this. Yeah. I felt like he is pumping the brakes hard. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? You are getting on a plane and you are leaving as soon sure. as we're done with this. There is not going to be any sex because I don't want the yeah. sex. You think you're being cute, but you're actually just turning me more off. Yeah. It's pretty funny. And now I've got someone else that I'm interested in who is is way better than you. It's, yeah. Kudos to, I think, Frack and T and some other people on the forums for calling them picking up the Punisher as a defender, as a, def- right. as a defense team, because mm-hmm. I thought that possibility was gone after last episode. But they see the public defender, uh, a Lynn Kaczynski kind of public defender uh, assigned to <laughs> yeah. Frank uh, that's just going to. And, and what really gets Frank's goat is that he's going to be extradited to Delaware where they still have the death penalty. Right. He didn't think that was a possibility. And now, I guess in a roundabout way, he would have blood on his hands if, if, if Frank gets executed by the state. Uh, yeah, roundabout. And I, uh, he th- and he also he's conflicted f- about Frank in the yes. first place. And, and you know, the I'd think to Daredevil, the ends don't necessarily justify the means, but yeah. they do justify something. And, and he's not prepared to let this guy die because he thinks what he did, while ultimately too far, was still basically right. Yeah, he was trying to pursue a version of justice. Yeah. Which is this this argument central argument that he seems to have with Foggy, which I thought was great. I, it is where they're arguing like no one's wrong here. Like Foggy's like, okay, well mm-hmm. maybe, but we also have an existence of our firm. We've got big plans on what we want to do vis-a-vis justice in New York, and if we go down in the first eighteen months of our existence, how much of that yeah. are we actually going to get to do? And how many people can we help with our law firm versus the people you're helping by? skulking around at night yeah like if you start a charity and you run out of funds in the first six months are, is that better than if you 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 get a lasting kind of foundation that can do good for decades right it's kind of- it's matt's judging it from the justice side where maybe frank castle doesn't deserve to die uh and foggy's coming at it from the business and and kind of personal safety side too because there is a lot of danger sure. in representing a guy like frank castle yeah uh, to their personal safety. What did you think about Foggy's pointed question about, is this because are we trying to save a man or are we trying to save a vigilante? Like mm. how much of this is about your own ego that might've got bruised by Karen accusing daredevil of being, a, you know, inspiring all this and maybe not even that much better. Yeah. And what the public thinks of him. Uh, it's, it's a good question. I think, I, I think it's a relevant one. I think Matt's entirely too dismissive of it. Yes. It does feel like that this is personal and to him in the way that it's obvious. You know, Foggy is fully aware of this situation. It's clearly not personal to him. Mm-hmm. The only difference between him and Matt, because they both broadly feel the same way about justice and whatnot, is that Matt's the vigilante and Foggy's not. Yeah, and I think it's right of the show and Matt as a character to dismiss it. Yeah, and, and move on. You know, ignore that. Yeah, I- ignore the bigger issues that he's working through right now until he has to confront them. 
I thought uh, Foggy continues to be very likable. Uh, he had the one misstep with the the tough in the the hospital, but where they're riding the elevator to go see Frank, and he's yeah kind of panicking about the trouble they're getting into, and he's like, "We're about to get on." I can't. I don't know what the dramatic term was, but something stage. And he goes, and I know that because I took acting classes in summer camp, and that's exactly the kind of stuff they're going to dig up about me when we <laughs> like. Yeah. Does that play? That's the worst thing that Foggy's ever done in his eyes. I, I suppose so. Yeah. Um, I mean, we. I would think anything that he would get up to with the bimbo lawyer would probably be more eyebrow raising than acting camp in summer school. But uh, right, I, I thought that was hilarious. Was it implied in season one that they smoked a bunch of dope in college? Hmm. Ah, uh, sure. Why not? I thought it was. I thought they had like a scene on the steps of school or something. Because Matt's they were blind, and that's worse it. than the glaucoma. So oh, I mean, <laughs> you were smoking uh, your your blind friend's weed, Foggy Nelson. Sure, sure. You didn't have a prescription. <laughs> uh, that might have been. I don't remember it, but uh, that that could be. I don't know. He seems like the kind of guy. Can I just say, Foggy seems like that kind of guy. Well, his name's Foggy. Matt seems like that kind of guy too. Name uh, Foggy, you know, it's it's what you call a guy that hot boxes his room on it on the rag. <laughs> why, why is it so foggy in here? <laughs> God uh, damn it, Foggy! <laughs> so they meet with Frank, and I actually thought this was pretty good too because there was some tension in the relationship. Because from Frank's perspective, you guys are the lawyers that represent scumbags. Right. Yeah. And that's something nice. Because he represented Grotto. Uh, sure. And it was it was cool that when they're meeting with the public defender earlier, they say Grotto. And he's like, who the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, Grote or whatever yeah, his yeah, name yeah. is. Oh, they're using a nickname for him the whole time, which I thought was cool. I was, there's, uh, I, I felt like Matt was doing a first class Agent Smith impression from The Matrix. <laughs> like he really, with those mirrored, you know, rose colored glasses and just the way he spoke that the lack of tonal inflection. He was mm-hmm. just kind of laying it out. That what's the was he trying real hard to make a distinction between his Matt self and his Daredevil self, so that the Punisher wouldn't? Oh, the voice. I think he knew. I think the Punisher knew Do exactly you? who he was. Yeah, because there was a little bit of that tension when he's like, "I know exactly who you are." I don't know that the Punisher does know. Really, you don't think he was talking about Daredevil? I mean. I get I I was the one in the, like the second episode thinking saying I think Frank's got this figured out yeah but but then I have not seen that. a single hint at all about whether he knows the identity and you can also read his statement of I don't care who you are as another like mm-hmm. I I don't know I don't know okay that line certainly is in there I'm to surprised make think, if if they if they say that that there wasn't any real hint there was like no kind of like mugging between the two of them or yeah. any kind of subtextual information going back that would imply that he did sure um but I don't know uh they offered can to- i can I ask you a question about the scene when Matt walks up to uh this tape line that's that's around Frank okay that he's not supposed to cross the no cross line right does he when he walks up to that, can he actually, quote-unquote, see that with his vision or whatever? Or is he actually, like, is he pretending to not be able to see the line, or can he actually not see the line? I mean, I How don't... How well does his vision work? I don't know a hard and fast rule, but I've got some things in my head. Like, I I think that his visual is kind of like... I, I, his visual detection is kind of like an untextured 3D model of the world. Okay. Like, so I wouldn't think that he could distinguish whether there's tape on the floor or not. Now, 
if so it's if not I, that fine. In if detail. I later found out that he could read like newspaper just by feeling the ridges of the ink on the paper, I would totally buy that his fingertips are that sensitive. But right. I just don't know you're going to get enough information from echolocation to detect. Yeah, like a width of a human hair difference in a surface. I think I'm with you. I think he has a, a very rough view. Yeah, of it's good enough around. for beating the shit up. In fact, it's right. maybe superior as a targeting system. But for uh-huh. like, uh, you know, going to tape lines and stuff like that, I don't. I don't think it does. I mean, like cracks in a sidewalk, he can maybe detect, but just tape or like graffiti. Like I don't think he could see graffiti yeah, on a wall either. Of paint. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean. It wouldn't offend me if they established that he can, if it's that fine. Like, could but... he see a cup holder on a on a table? Like, I would think, yeah. I wonder how thick it has to be before he can actually determine that like, it's like a separate if a, object. If a sound wave can bounce off of it, I would think so. Okay. Which, I, you know, that sets me thinking, like, are there, like, stealth technologies that you could... Could you design a suit with, like, weird angles and <sighs> reflective material to make you invisible to him? Like, is that... I could imagine, yeah. That would be kind of... As long as it's not powered by anything. Yeah, like, we... It just... Know, what is it passive stealth is that the yeah, term? yeah yeah now like i think it was michelle who's pointed out that that would only be useful if someone figures out that he's the blind guy that has super hearing also wouldn't it put like a hole in his his vision that so, he could so see he could, like detect the absence of the yeah yeah it could be although and if you moved he would immediately be like but you're, you're implying that like he's aware of the air well, no, he's aware of the of the bounce of the. the oh, so you're saying like if sonar he type. was in a room, he, he could he could track the like distortion that that the person in the suit is between him and the reflective surface. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. So you'd just be a nega space version of yourself. Um, although, yeah, I still think it'd be a cool idea to explore, and yeah. I wouldn't expect them to think of that. Maybe they could even do that, and it just doesn't work. Like somebody yeah. comes up with a suit and. Or maybe like, maybe no, that's part of he his gets vision. his ass kicked, but then he learns to detect them by listening to what's okay. not there. Or it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, maybe the the old blind guy can come back and be like, "You gotta pay attention to the holes in there, kid." Um, <laughs> holes in the air. No, that's episode. And he wears season a, three, episode one, and he trains by wearing a wet blanket because that's you know a crude. <laughs> he form. attaches acoustic foam <laughs> to himself. He does. He just rolls around in like an egg crate mattress that you get from Walmart. <laughs> Hits him with a Nerf bat. Roll spinning around him. Uh, anyway, Riaz comes in and she is pissed, of course, that they're in there. Um, As she should be. And they kind of hurl legal accusations like you're talking to him without his the uh, you know approval of his attorney. Oh well, you violated a Whitpo protection order and right threats both threats hurling from both sides here. Right. And our team is kind of like gearing up for this and in the middle of them discussing how they per- should proceed. Because uh, Frank Castle, we should say, he he's like, okay, yeah, let, I want them to be my lawyer. Uh, yeah, thanks to Karen. Car service comes to pick him up. We didn't really talk about Karen and his conversation. We haven't got there yet. Uh, I just want to say that I just want to establish this before we move on to that. Um, and then I guess we need to decide whether we want to keep stay with Electra or Matt or diverge into Foggy and Karen. But... I do feel like you're going to get your confrontation. Between Karen and Matt? Well, between everybody. Karen and Matt, Foggy and Matt, because they're setting this up to where he's a fast-track case when he's getting hot and heavy into a war with the Fokuza. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be absent. Yeah. 
and yeah. and Foggy can't stand for that right now. This is the most hectic case they've ever had, the most well, hectic time. At the end of the episode, they set that expectation. It's like, I hope your schedule's clear, buddy, yep. because our trial starts next week. That If they don't follow through... Mm-hmm. Matt's got to make some hard decisions. Like it seems like Daredevil being what it is, he's going to stick with doing his nighttime shenanigans with uh, uh, Electra. But if if Foggy doesn't follow back, if they, he does that and Matt lets him down, and if Foggy doesn't follow back up with that, that's I mean that's inexcusable, right? So uh, I'm with you. Uh, but I think it's, th- I think they're going to because it seems like the writers are acknowledging it. they're setting this conflict up yeah. just to yeah. to deal with it later. Right, and I hope they do. Uh, did a week seem fast to you? I'm curious. A lot of this legal stuff seemed weird to me. Like, the like fact, discovery alone takes. Like, I don't. You care can't. How, you just can't rush a case that fast. How fast you can fast track something? But the thing is, is that Frank said he agreed with it. Now, if the can you do that, if the defendant agrees to every fucking weird shit that the prosecutor asked for, mm-hmm. then I don't know. Uh, maybe you can fast track it the week. It seems ridiculous, even from a prosecuting standard, like that she mm-hmm. would need to get her case together. But yeah. on the other hand, he's got like 37 murders and three times as many counts. I was actually impressed that Foggy got this reduced to 25 years with possibility of parole. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's... it's a good thing he's not being tried in Minnesota because, you know, one... One murder torture will get you a lifetime without parole there. I Right, and I think the the key of it was uh, they didn't have enough evidence to prosecute him on the Delaware murders, which was how they were going to extradite him over to Delaware and get the death sentence. But that's still... So that immediately takes a death sentence off the table, but you're right, the 25 years... He could get he out should be getting like multiple... 12.5 years, right? For good behavior. I... Something tells me that Frank Castle is not going to have good behavior you're in right. jail. You're right. He's going to be in gym right. pop, but, and he's probably going to be getting tons of fights. Yeah. But I thought that was weird. And the only thing I can think of is the writers are like, we want to sell it the where the average viewer thinks it's an incredibly bad idea for Frank to not take this plea deal. Like, this is an insanely good plea deal. Right, and it is. So then he later says, <laughs> fuck you, I plead not guilty, that that's going to be like a shocking bomb. Mm-hmm. Because that's... And it worked. And this law I mean, firm never shocking. thought they were going to do the goddamn trial of the century. They thought they were just going to get in here for a plea. All Matt wanted to do is save the guy's life. Mm-hmm. And now they're wrapped in. Because I don't think you can, like, you asked this while we were watching it. I don't think you can be like, you know, JK, I want to plead guilty later, like halfway through the trial. Right, yeah. You get one opportunity to plea, and that's how you plead, the whole, the entire case. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that you can just give up. Throughout the trial, uh, through the rest of the trial, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about before we get back on the Matt and Electra, why is Foggy throwing a big issue about Matt and Karen being in a relationship now? Because we just talked two episodes where it mm. seems like he was intentionally giving them the space and smiling about it and being. Is it just is the extra conflict between him and Matt in this case making him be kind of bitchy about it or what? Mm. Could be. I mean, it's. You know, it comes right after the car thing, yeah. uh, where he gets the the uh, call for car service. Yeah. So he is agitated at the moment. Um, and I'm not saying he's because it is preposterous that you've got your partner essentially banging 
the secretary. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that they treat her that way, but she She's, is their, right. em, their mutual employee. Uh-huh. And if anything goes bad in this relationship, it can make the envir- office environment fucking toxic. N- not to mention the sexual harassment charges that could come down sure. on the company and put them out of business with Foggy included. Like, so holy shit. There are real issues with Matt, what Matt and Karen do, and I'm just surprised that Foggy's zigging when I thought he had zagged on this. Right, right. It's not, I'm not, pro- I don't have a problem with his objection on the face of it. It's his objection in the face of his past behavior. Sure. Okay, uh, do we want to stay with the Karen and Foggy legal aspect of this, or do we want to jump over to Elektra and Daredevil and their investigation into a Roxxon gala? Uh, let's, let's stay with Karen, because I think that's... Okay. We'll, we'll kind of take it as it goes here. What is the Punisher's fascination with Karen? Is she a pretty uh, face? Is she a sympathetic figure? Is she... Why well, does... she, she weaseled her way in. Hmm. Through through the back door of Frank's house, really, she went in. The <laughs> Literally, front, she went in the front door. I think. I don't know. Uh, uh, did, I, did I did I did I say did, did we talk about the fact that she picked that door lock with a credit card and it clearly has a deadbolt? We didn't, but that's that's not possible. That's people. the arch nemesis of picking a lock with a credit card is the goddamn deadbolt. Yeah, but it can't be done. Whatever. It's flat on both sides. Sorry. <laughs> That's how incompetent these black suit guys are. They just lock the shitty, sh- you know, mm, yeah. tumbler. They don't do anything with the, the deadbolt. Uh, but, yeah, she, so she found this picture in his house, and obviously that's why he decides to change from public defender to to Nelson and Murdoch uh, because she shows him the picture when he's laying in bed, and he's like, oh, oh whoa. It, it shocks him. Right. Uh, so that's that's her in, right? Like, she knows a thing about him that no one else knows. That he didn't think that it was possible that for someone to actually believe. Right. Because like, like, it did seem like he felt very defeated at the beginning of this episode, where he's defiant yeah. by the end. Mm-hmm. So the fact that someone actually might believe that there is something more to his story is what kind of... And it, this all felt good. Like, I, it, it made perfect sense. Yes, but why does he want to freeze out Matt and Foggy and only deal with Karen? That's what I'm not quite clear about. Well, I mean, I I think that's just for the moment, right? Like, he wants to have a conversation with Karen about what she knows and about his kids and his family, and he knows that she's been in his house, so he wants to talk about, like, how it got left there, Um, and he doesn't want matt and foggy present for it but i I mean he still wants matt and foggy to represent him Mm -hmm. i don't think there's any question about that okay so it's just in this moment he's trying to get some kind of connection back to his family because he never went back to that house we Uh find out you know (laughs) which i i had speculated like frank castle's not gonna go back there he's on the fucking run he's got Uh places all over the city what I think is hilarious is my girlfriend wants Karen to fuck everybody. I think she's got a little too much. <laughs> what? Well, to be fair, Deborah Ann Wool has like instant chemistry with any like. Right. She was like yeah. this with Foggy, with Matt, with now the Punisher. She's like just fuck already. I think she's like in true Somebody. blood mode where you're just rooting for uh, what was her name, Jessica, to like fuck everything and and and. Uh, <laughs> do it all just but. eeny meeny miny mo if you gotta but no she's like every single time she's with anybody she's like just fuck already okay <laughs> <laughs> grotto not grotto come on i don't think she went in okay grotto. good good i don't think although i that's what scares me about it's because i feel like you throw her in with anybody and it's like yeah sure why not she's uh, she's just so damn pretty um 
so they had this pretty i mean they, they had this really nice scene and they got really good chemistry um as i mentioned mm-hmm. where she's telling like frank is worried there's there's a couple problems with frank number one he can't remember too many details of the day he actually got shot uh, you know, he can remember like very vague things about the attack, but he can't remember the kind of details that's actually going to help Karen get anywhere. Which I wonder how the sure. hell is Karen going to get anywhere? I don't know. It's like she's if 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 Frank doesn't know anything, she's either going to have to piss off these black suits to where they grab her, and then what? Turn the tables? I I don't know where they're going to go with this with this thing. Yeah, where does her next lead come from? That's a good question. But they do bond over like. At one point, Frank asks her to describe the house because he's like, you know, wanting to remember those aspects. Mm-hmm. And she gives him the picture of his family and says that she doesn't know much, but she does know his family loved him. And that seems to visibly affect him. But I don't mm-hmm. know really what it's doing with the plot. I don't know yet. Because I'm not, there seems to be a lot of people that are annoyed with the Karen P.I. thing, you know, that they don't like the fact that she went off on her own and broke into this guy's house, which, yeah, I. That was a little bit hard to swallow and certainly seemed foolhardy, but mm-hmm. now that we're in it, I just don't know. I mean, she already had the nice bag with the reporter. I don't know how much more she can just find out by herself. Sure. Do you think there's going to be a Jessica Jones crossover? Because uh, there hmm. is a super-powered private investigator in this universe that operates in Hell's Kitchen who's already yeah, they been named in the series. Already. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I. It doesn't seem like they... I wonder if because I was trying to think like okay, Matt uh, Murdoch and Nelson doesn't owe her any favors and she doesn't owe them any favors because I haven't Nelson any Murdoch please Sorry. I mean he Sorry. specifically gave him gave Nelson first billing yeah that's the only thing he gives the fro- foggy everything else he's got dibs on <laughs> right uh, including the help but Claire does I mean Jessica Jones does owe Claire a few favors. Right? I have no idea. Oh, that's right. You I have no idea. That. Okay, I'm going to yeah. assert that she does. Okay. So is it possible that they get Jessica to help them out with some of this investigation stuff huh. that they need by having Claire lean on her or appeal to? That would be cool. It would also tie the universes together Yeah, in a way that Marvel seems to like doing. Right. They've already kind of you know pulled that end of the string from the other side. Now, yeah. Now pull on the other one, tighten the knot. Uh, sure, I would like to see Jess, uh, Kristen Ritter in the show. Uh, what else do we want to talk about as far as Foggy? I mean, we talked about Foggy having, having a preemptory, uh, confrontation with Matt at the end of the episode. Uh, yeah, he, I don't know. I, I like everything that's going on, uh, both in the hospital and out of the hospital. I suggest we move out of the hospital and talk about the, the party. Which is pretty scenes. much the rest of the episode. So they show up at this, uh, swanky, uh, rocks on party where we see that this the, it seems like I thought he was just a functionary or an underling or a glorified assistant, but this Hiroshi guy ends up running the whole damn joint. And yep. there's this American named Gibson who is their financier or mm-hmm. his their their bookkeeper essentially. And they they arrive at the party and they remark that there's a ton of surveillance, particularly on Gibson. And they have to figure out a way to separate him off so they can get some one-on-one time. And Matt's blind man routine where he spills wine over the guy. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's so good. Because – and in fact, it's been a while since they've really used the blind thing. But it's such a great cover. For everything. Because there's I mean, no – I mean, 
at the end when they get two floors away and act like they're you know upstairs just up to no good and fucking mm-hmm. the guy lets them go because Matt takes his glasses off and he's he's medically blind and how the hell can a blind guy kick so much ass and be this and and then no, right. no one takes Electra seriously because she's a woman and she's played this damsel in distress routine yeah it's, it's even better than the reporter disguise that Clark Kent's got going on yeah because <laughs> I, I don't know it's you can't you can't really fake a physical disability like that. Yeah. So the fact that he actually does have uh, blindness, yeah, it works perfectly for him. I mean, I, at one point I'm like, well, people going to remember that this blind guy's beating the shit out of him. But as we in the bathroom, yeah. So as, as you pointed out, that, that there's he... there's like there there it's Hollywood dark in the bathroom. They yeah. clearly established that lights have been turned off, so we're supposed to see this as pitch black guess so and you also get kind of amnesia when you get knocked out like short very short terms so. right and i don't think he ever gets a good look at his face anyway he's kind of got his back turned and it's moving very quick and yeah he gets hit in the face with something and i mean uh, cumulatively if the blind guy is always around the place where the things are going down then you've got right. uh, you know, you, you've got a real problem with that but it's I, working really well so far i think if you were to look at the surveillance tape where they walk into the bathroom after Gibson and come out before him, and Gibson never comes out. But weren't they already looping that shit? I don't think so. I thought they I got... think they did as soon as they left the party. Which and... is before they went to the bathroom, wasn't it? No, because he had to get the key card. Okay. I, th- I think it was yeah, after they got the key right. card and got into the secure part of the building. But if if later on they found the two that were up in the uh, you know the, the uh, on the eleventh floor having sex in the conference room, mm-hmm. that perfectly explains why. But it's the bathroom connection, right? It's the we know that Gibson went in, never came out. We saw this guy go in, this guy come out, oh. and then we went in and found him knocked out. There, right. There's a time frame where maybe some other people went in the bathroom, but who's going to go in the bathroom, see a knocked out three knocked out dudes, and not be like, "There's a problem in the bathroom." Mm-hmm. So well, really, Matt could be the only one who went in there. Uh, well, point of fact, my cousin went into a bathroom and saw a sink been shitted and he <laughs> instantly walked out That's without true. telling anyone. So, like, you've That's got that true. kind of nefarious criminal behavior. Can you rule out anything? <laughs> point you, taken. You're right. There is – there. I. so is that a real problem or is that a continuity? Like, like the right, writers right. are hoping we don't notice. I don't think it's going to come up. It wouldn't surprise me either way if, like, two episodes from now, Hiroshi or whatever is going through the tape and mm-hmm. trying to un- unravel the loop tapes. There's like, oh, this this man in the glasses, he wouldn't. I, I it would surprise me, but also it wouldn't disappoint me if it's just dropped. Then again, it does set up a lot of tension and drama, right? If he's trying to do this case, they're searching for whatever's well, in this ledger, and I, they were I also being chased. felt like Hiroshi try, having to chase Matt at this point is redundant because it's clear that Daredevil still wants to oh, pursue yeah. this case. Right, okay. So, like, there's already a hook for him to continue to hit into this fake Yakuza shit. I think the best, part, Yakuza. the best part about this Gibson stuff is the way that he reacts to Matt spilling this wine on him. Yeah. Because Matt's like... Oh, I'm so sorry. Did I get any on you? And he looks up. He's like, you, f- you fucker. You, did you get any on me? Oh. Yeah, you're blind. Oh, oh you're blind. Okay. Like, even the bad guy's pretty sensitive. I actually yeah. liked, I instinctively liked him more because I was expecting him like, you fucking blind fool, which he did eventually get to in the bathroom. He calls him a blind bastard, yeah. Yeah. But he did spill a bunch of wine on his tuck, so. He has right to be mad. He's not hurting. You know, it's like you can say insensitive stuff in your own mind and it's not hurtful because the blind guy doesn't hear it, I guess. Right, and I mean, it doesn't. 
it didn't strike me as like he hates blind people. Yeah, it struck me as like this happened because the guy was blind. This is an accurate dis- accurate it descriptor sucks. attached to the epitaph. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure blind people would be offended by the, him calling them blind bastards, but mm-hmm. I don't know. The fake accused mm-hmm. in the bathroom weren't offended. No. They're not they going to get him any god. Maybe they were. They would have got. They were about to get the the club soda. It's like, oh, you, you, this guy's clearly you fucking hate people with disabilities. Ableist. Get your own goddamn club soda, you fucking sighted bastard. <laughs> uh, I can't say good enough good things about the really cool like hide and seek game they play with yep. Matt's powers, where he can see them coming down the hallways and they get yeah. at just the right spot. I was scared when Electra was like hanging her ass out in the hallway that she was going to deliberately uh, draw attention so because she wanted to fight. Oh no! But she did. I can see her doing that. Uh, I also um, I really liked this, the the combat scenes they had where they like found a way to shoot it through like translucent glass, so you kind of oh yeah yeah got a little bit of the mystery to the fights that I think uh, or the inventiveness that we've been missing mm-hmm. uh, this year. And then there's what I think is an awesome scene where they're in the office and yes, Matt and cracks his safe. He's got to be the best safe cracker ever. Like, Charlize Theron's got nothing on him. <laughs> Theron? Th- yeah, no, no. I, I think it's Ther- Theron. Um, whatever. I'm not the one to correct you, man. And she's from New Zealand. Who knows? No, she's knows? from South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> got once we're warriors on the brain. Um, Shit. You've completely derailed me. <laughs> uh, this whole scene is brilliant because Elektra, for the first time... Feels like she's crapping out, and she's a little. I've you know we've yeah, never yeah. seen her desperate and like feeling kind of foolish. And Matt is the one that's been able to be kind of smug and like, oh, looks like you're having a little problem there. And I like that they reinforce the idea that he can feel, hear, taste like, EM fields. Yeah, I, I don't know what he's got, but it, it felt like it that he could hear the buzz. Yeah. And then he's able to track that down to where the circuit was interrupted, and then mm-hmm. they turned the bonsai tree, which led to a whole safe house or safe room full of Ikea furniture that yeah. contained the illegal ledger. Right. Which I, I question why you would keep a ledger of illegal activities, but I don't have a, I, yeah, I don't, man, you gotta, you get, that's the, you gotta keep track of your shit. I know. I've just never understood the documentation of illegal activities. Like, What's worse, having something out there that can prove that you're up to no good and doing horrible things, or once in a while forgetting what kind of business you've got on the back? Once in a while? We're talking about potentially billions of dollars of transactions. That's like, you'd need 100,000 mintats to keep track of all that shit. (laughs) Right, but you're not micromanaging this shit, right? The guy at the top doesn't need to remember, oh, I got a a, a Yakuza meet here on Tuesday at 4... Like uh, this guy owes me six thousand bucks. This guy owes me four. No, you you delegate, right? You, you what? You're gonna you're gonna let forget that Yoshi down the block owes you fifty dollars on his sumo betting and not break his legs. That's how. <laughs> no, then if you, if you don't be... break the guy's legs, your whole criminal enterprise goes to shit, man. Hiroshi shouldn't be the guy remembering to break the legs. It but should so... be. It should be. Uh, what was the name of the last episode? Kinbaku. Kenbaku needs to take care of that. Like, look, you're the leg breaker, Kenbaku. Remember who owes you money and do it. Well, see, Shibari had a whole elaborate system of post-it notes, but then the one of them got lost, and they started with the ledger. No, the, uh, everyone keeps... You got to. I know. You got to. I know. I know what you're saying. There's a lot of shit 
a lot of logistics to cover, but like if you're it just sl- seems if, like a bad idea. If you're slinging H on the corner, you probably don't keep records. If right. you if you if your enterprise becomes international, it seems like you almost have to. Yeah. Just for like, you know, look at all these shipping manifests and shit. They're shipping sex slaves and drugs and weapons and who's going to keep track of it all? Uh there is one particular shipment that is highly encoded and that raises Matt's eye- uh, eyebrows. Because he's like, oh, a lot of bad shit is not this encoded. Is, this is really bad shit. What what must be the encoded stuff coming into my city? Yeah, and we can tell that Electra's got him on the hook mm-hmm. for yet another adventure. Same uh, time next week. Some, yeah, almost think... like they're on a TV show. Same time tomorrow, rather. Uh, what do you think about the? They did some fake fucking here. Fake fucking on a conference room table. Oh, that fake fucking. I well, thought you, afterward they did more fake fucking. I was like, what? Do you think, uh, do you think uh, Karen is going to ever... Is this... I'm wondering um, if Karen is going to catch Matt with the beautiful woman mm-hmm. who he can't explain what's going on because she doesn't even know he's Daredevil. And is Elektra ever in a fit of pique going to... Well, first of all, it's not immediately clear whether Matt is going to continue to resist her charms. Right. Um, if he does, so far so good. Can can Electra make some kind of trumped up thing out of this thing that they did for cover to throw into Karen's face? I don't know. I'm not even sure what her motives are at the moment. Like she doesn't she doesn't really know about Karen yet. Uh, I assume eventually she will find out. Matt Matt mentions, look, I'm I'm not thinking about you anymore. Doesn't really know who it is though. You know, one thing I was thinking about why Matt seems on hellbent on the insane plan of not having sex with Karen. Do you think it has something to do with, like, how... F- I mean, when he took his shirt off in this episode, I remarked again how fucked up his body is. Oh, yeah, all Like, the he's scars. just got scars and cuts everywhere. Is that, like... I have to find a way to explain myself to her before I get naked. Like, I was joking yeah, about, like, if he's yeah. got something uh, in his pants wrong with him. Right. But, uh, I mean, that's... You get naked with someone the first time, and they're crisscross covered with scars. Uh-huh. Like, they, they, you know, like, that's... that's Start to think they're out of a David Brown novel. Sure, <laughs> sure. It's like, did you spend time on Michael Fassbender's ranch down in the <laughs> south? What's what's uh-huh. going on? Like, I, I wonder if there's a little bit of reticence from that. Is it David Brown? Who is David Brown? Uh, the, the guy who... It's something Brown. The guy who wrote uh, that Tom Hanks movie. Oh, um, no. You're talking about the... Yeah, sure. Dan Brown? Yeah, Dan Brown. Dan Brown, okay. Yeah. Sorry, got my references crossed. Uh, oh, yeah, because the, uh, the guy doing the self-flagellation. Yeah. Now I get your reference. Gotcha. Okay. Um. Anyway... Uh, so the other thing I can think of is Hiroshi at the end before he kills his two underlings, and I don't. Do you think he kills the the, the white guy, the financier, the uh, bookkeeper? He mentions that something. No. The reason I want to talk about this, he mentions that there's been decades of planning and hundreds of millions of dollars on this particular operation. Yeah. What the fuck? What what? scale operations going on here in hell's kitchen full-scale takeover of hell's kitchen i I don't know decades of planning to take over an organized crime in hell's kitchen it's got to be something more i guess if they were tooling up to take care of fisk because yeah i would i would buy that fisk is a dangerous person that you would have to carefully Mm -hmm. assemble a strategy but now that he's gone right i guess they still sunk hundreds of millions and decades of planning into it 
Yeah, but the ledger wouldn't matter at that point, right? Is there some the, kind the of super weapon wasted. coming in? Like <laughs> a super weapon to do what? I don't know. To but blow I, up Hell's but, Kitchen. But I'm just saying, like the encoded. It's just really intriguing what they're trying to do here. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really have no idea. They they kind of have me on the hook for that. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, or should we get the feedback? No, let's do feedback. Uh, Jim, I think it's appropriate now, since this is a topic discussion in the podcast, for us to open the encrypted ledger that is the Bald Move Finances. Oh, you've been keeping one of those. Are you serious? You said you, you said you had it under control. I didn't think you were going to keep written proof. It, it's it's mostly just line items for hoodies, uh, Coke <laughs> Zero, and Jim Beam. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But there's, there, there, that said, there's a lot of red in the ledger. You know, there's a there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of Jim Beam and hoodies. Let's let's be honest. They're, they're... <laughs> More than maybe we could actually drink is what you're saying. <laughs> sure, and and you know I, okay. I don't know that we, we need to wear three and four hoodies a day. Like it's 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 especially at the same time. Right. Like it's it's right. it's we're sweating like fiends here. Uh, but you know we we got we got a problem. We we got we got the a hoodie and Jim Beam problem. Maybe you can help us out by uh, joining the club. Club.baldmove.com. Help us get a little black in those ledgers. It'll be encrypted. Don't worry. No one's going to reveal your shameful secret that you actually subscribe to the Bald Move uh-huh. at club.baldmove.com. But, uh, you know, you get a, a, a lot of cool features. You get the ad-free feeds. You get the, the lunches, the Jim and Aarons. We talked about a, a bunch of entertaining stuff on the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the disaster befell my fish tank. Uh, spring break plans. Uh, the ominous future of drones delivering Domino's pizza. Which is worse, the drones or the dominoes? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you know, if, if you like us, you think we're funny. There's a lot more where that came from. And uh, it also enables us to do the things that uh, is the main events around here, like the Daredevils and the Better Call Sauls and the Walking Deads and, and all the other podcasts that people enjoy. Game of Thrones coming up really hot and heavy and soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if you think that's all worthy of your support, check out club.baldmove.com and sign up. We'd be glad to have you. Feedback, daredevil at baldmove.com is the line you want to use where you can discuss uh, uh, everything's broken down episode by episode at our forums at forums.baldmove.com. First up, Dominic P. Reaching all the way back to 203, he said, Jim made a comment in 203 noting that Matt Foggy and the Punisher do not sport authentic New York accents. Having grown up in New York City myself and still living here, I just wanted to have my say. Okay. Punisher being from Queens and sounding like he's from the South, yep, there's no forgiveness for that. He should have at least tried. (laughs) Foggy and Matt, though, I have to say that I don't really have a New York accent, and I don't expect them to. The reason being, if you grow up there and you're an intellectual, chances are that you don't want to sport an accent just to help you advance in life. I'll tell you this. You give me a couple drinks or you get me angry, and you'll definitely hear it, but I don't (laughs) hang around with my friends from the neighborhood and rock a coffee instead of a coffee. That's not to say they don't have friends with such accents, but they do feel weird about it, trust me, because they wish they could get rid of it. But they don't just have that thing that allowed them to choose to turn it on and off like some of my other friends did. Same way I can't stop from swearing unless there's an old lady or my son in the room. Right. Uh, right. So, I just know my dad's whole family. and maybe So he's going with the class thing, right? Like. Sure. You're you want to move up in life, you try and ditch that accent because it sounds Yeah, if you want to be a banker or a lawyer yeah. or a scientist, you don't come in, you know. I don't know why. Like I Well, cuz it's a low it's I a, guess, yeah. same reason why. It's really any accent. Like if you have a southern accent sure. or, or or New England accent or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sure why people care about that because that is not an indicator of intelligence in but, any way. But we we inherited all this stuff from England. 
Right. Where there's a very, you know, there was the received pronunciation that you could tell from the lower classes, sure. and that meant something. Mm-hmm. So, so that's still embedded in our culture. Prop, yeah. The, the different regions are looked down upon because they're more agra- ag- agra- agrarian and less, like you said, intellectual. How's this water game? <laughs> I, I don't Is know. it all right? I, here's what I want to hear a, a true New Yorker say. Someone who grew up there has a thick accent. Oh, I want to hear them say hula hoopers because that has to come out so it'd be weird hula hoopa hula hooper yeah i don't know how like would they... hula roopas hula roopas <laughs> it'd be real weird i would love to i would love to hear that uh he continues to say i'll finish by saying of matt and foggy sound in new york the whole time i don't think it would actually work because it's in an annoying accent <laughs> regardless of the love i have for it so sounding na- neutral but also being from here does not strike me as weird oh god can you imagine a superhero named the hula hooper in new york in hell's kitchen <laughs> for, he'd be for the kids <laughs> frank though a guy named frank from the burrows that went to the military yeah he should probably have an authentic accent because he sure drinks a hell of a lot of coffee Hot, hot, coffee. Coffee. I'm not sure if I'm doing that right. Coffee. I might be slipping into Boston, yeah. which is a whole other thing. They parked the car in the yard down there. Yeah. Uh, Chris K said, glad to hear you guys mentioned Karen in the background of the DA's confrontation. I thought she was going to jump Foggy's bones there for a minute. He's talking about Deborah <laughs> wait, Ann Wait, wait, jump his bones? No, she was that doing means, that weird. Oh, like after the, the fact? Like Yeah, like, oh. You I'm did gonna... such a great job. Exactly. Time to, go, time to go to Pound Town? Is that where they go? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, Pound Town? Is that uh, one of the other, the, the lesser known, the sixth borough of New York? Pound Town. <laughs> you, want to stay out of, you want to stay out of Pound Town. You do. Unless you're looking to, to be pounded. <laughs> uh, I wonder if it's a forced editing choice. Also, continues. that's the meatpacking district, Pound Town. Of course. Of course. The Pound Town district. Uh, like they needed Karen to look impressed and shot the whole speech expecting to cut in and out with more reaction from the DA. Then found an editing room. It just worked better to focus on Foggy for most of the scene. Or huh. they may have tried it with Karen having different reactions, but the one we saw was the best cut for Foggy. Yeah, I wonder. It's amazing Deborah Ann Wool sells it as well as she does. I'm just glad that someone else was feeling it beside me because her reaction game was distracting. And I want to say that there was another one, like, in either this episode or episode before that I didn't mention it because we just talked about it. But, yeah, like, she's always playing coy and aroused when I think she, you know, should be more, like, stony and, like, you know, back, like, like if, if, if someone's making a ferocious play, you're not, like, you know, again, act like you've been here. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the time to be like, oh, snap in your face, DA. It's more like just like cross your arms and narrow your eyes and be like, take that, you know? Yeah. It makes her seem like a lightweight. Provide a little backup. I don't know. And there's something weird, kind of girlish and giggly about her that is at odds with some of the other tougher aspects of her character. Right. Maybe that's my problem for saying you can't be girly and giggly and also be tough. But. But she is both of those things. Yes. So. But I, the, yeah, the, the, that thing's uh, not exactly work. I mean, you can't do that and then in the next episode want to roll tough on the DA and be like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I don't know. I've been mostly okay with her character aside from just not confronting Matt. But Okay. Uh, again, another kind of light week on the feedback uh, or light episode for the feedback. Uh We'll be back on the next time for episode 207. Again, we release every Wednesday, or Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, can't wait until then. Uh, but until then, we'll see you. See you.